Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to the Talking Grammar Podcast. Season is over for Lobo Basketball, which is the primary beat I have at the Albuquerque Journal, of course. But uh, the news never ends, as, as we know. It is March 26th as I record this introduction, and there have been four Lobos who have entered the NCAA transfer portal after the season. I think three of them a, a lot of people probably saw coming or suspected could happen. One of them did uh, did catch some fans off, off guard, caught a lot of us off guard, frankly. And uh, that is Josiah Alex, starting power forward for the Lobos this past year, averaged well over 30 minutes a game. And uh, I think he was the one that most people kind of more than almost any Lobo maybe assumed would be back. He was such a a fan favorite, uh, worked hard, always looked like he was enjoying himself out there, enjoying the fans. And uh, he did. He enjoyed the fan experience. He enjoyed his year at UNM, but he has decided he wants a different role, uh, a larger role in the offense in his final year of college basketball. And I talked to him about that. That is what today's episode is. It's about a 30-minute exit interview, I suppose, if you will, um, with with Josiah Alec. And, and you don't get that very often. You don't get players who transfer out of a program not only agreeing to make a statement or something. There's a lot of social media posts that say, always a Lobo, thank you fans, thank you Lobo Nation. And they kind of leave it at that. But but Josiah Josiah agreed to talk with me and, and record it for a podcast so Lobo fans can kind of hear his thought process, not only about his, dece- his decision to leave, um, what he's thinking about the future, both short-term and long-term, and also just his time at UNM, the the time he had. And and I think it's going to be pretty enlightening for a lot of people. The other three Lobos, before I forget, who have entered the transfer portal, senior wing Emmanuel Quach, who had the last two seasons cut short with season-ending leg injuries um, in each of the last two seasons. He was the longest-tenured Lobo. He is going to look elsewhere um, to play his last, potentially two more seasons because of a potential med- medical redshirt um, season he, he might be able to get this year, I would assume, plus a COVID year. So he's moving on. Uh, one of the best six men in the league, in my estimation, and KJ Jenkins, senior shooting guard, the best shooter on a team that needs shooters, frankly. He's moving on. He, he entered the transfer portal as expected. Um, wants a bigger role, and, and, and he'll get one. He'll find us a landing spot where he will play 30 minutes a game. He was playing well under 20 minutes a game here coming off the bench, six foot two guard, very good shooter. Um, but the the Lobos already have two short guards, frankly, that were getting minutes in Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr. and even the other the other guard they have in the the four guard kind of rotation is six foot two Donovan Dent, a freshman going to going to be a rising sophomore. Um, he's going to get a lot of minutes. So KJ knew he wasn't going to be getting the the minutes he he would like to get in his final year of college eligibility. So he's going to look elsewhere as well. And then Javante Johnson, the guy who started sixty five games for the Lobos over his career, three years with the Lobos. Really, after the first three games of last season, Richard Pitino's first as the head coach, Javante was a every-game starter since then. So he he entered the transfer portal. Might have caught some people off guard with that one, but um, I, I think, too, he's in a situation where he can see what may be next year and wants a, a different role than he envisions might be might be happening next year. I do know the Lobos are trying in the transfer portal to get a, a big um, 3 and D wing, uh, uh, a guy at Javante's position that, that can hit the three-point shot with consistency and, and also obviously play some good defense. Javante showed flashes of both of those things over the past two years, but didn't really consistently um, put it together as much as he would have liked, obviously, and, and, and the coaches as well. But 
But uh, I don't think I'm speaking out of line here when I say I think Javante would agree that, that he would have liked to have had a little more consistency in his game. But he also wants to go to a, p- a place and a situation where he feels he might be able to get that consistency a little more with uh, maybe some more plays called for him, some more action set up for him, stuff like that. So he's a guy. Uh, he and Emmanuel Quach are the two last guys from the Paul Weir coaching era. Richard Pitino just completed his second year as head coach, and and now with those two guys entering the transfer portal, there are no more um, player ties with the Paul Weir coaching era at UNM. So big news, uh, I guess, in in this transfer era, it's now news when players don't leave, and the guys that aren't leaving are Donovan Dent, Jamal Mashburn Jr., and Jalen House, all three, um, on Saturday, I guess, announced um, or people announced that they weren't leaving again i'm i'm not yet in the in the spot where i i think it's news to say no you're they're not leaving so um i wasn't i guess prepared to write a story or anything about that but those three guys aren't leaving the only one who actually had a decision to make was jalen house and that was whether or not he wanted to use his covid year as a fifth year senior he will do so so um those three guards coming back plus whoever the the lobos get in the transfer portal they got some freshmen, obviously, this past year, Braden Applehans and, and Quentin Webb, who who I think are going to step up into some, some minutes next year. I think they're going to be ready. Uh, Sebastian Forsling is a center who I believe will be back for the Lobos next year. And um, potentially Barima Sek gets in the transfer portal. Um, as of the recording of this, he he is not. So we'll we'll see what he does. And um, episode 61 here, though, the, the purpose of this one is to hear about Josiah Alec, the the one who really caught Lobo fans off guard with his decision to leave. What he has to say about it, he he's pretty open about it. He was he was open about the fact that this wasn't an NIL deal. This wasn't a decision where um, he was upset with the coach or teammates. He talks about all of that, and uh, I appreciate him not only during the season for being so open. And he was the guy that talked after a lot of losses, frankly, um, and and doing that well. I appreciated that, but also for this interview. Uh, I do think it, it shed some light on some decisions that fans just assume in this modern era of college basketball for players leaving. It's because, A, he knows exactly where he's going. He's going to get more money, or he had a big fight, and there was chemistry issues in the locker room um, with either coaches or teammates. He, he addresses all of that. None of that was what it was. He just wants a different role in the offense than he envisions he will have next year. And he's got one year of college left to see if he can do what he thinks he can do at the college level. So that's it's the world we live in. The players do have the freedom to make that choice, and that's a good thing. The players should have a little more freedom of movement. I know it's not great for fans sometimes, but it is the world we live in. So before we get to this interview, I want to remind you, all our coverage of Lobo basketball and all sports around Albuquerque in the state of New Mexico abqjournal.com slash sports. If you can, subscribe to the digital edition or to the print edition of the journal. abqjournal.com slash subscribe will get you to where you can do that. Support local journalism. Support our ability to continue to, to put the resources towards covering Lobo basketball the way so many fans in Albuquerque and around the state of New Mexico um, want and have come to expect. So I hope you were able to do that. Hope you, you do follow along. Hope you let me know what you think about this podcast and, and others. G grammar at abqjournal.com is the email and at Jeff grammar on Twitter, always on Twitter way more than I should be. So let me know what you think there and uh, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Lobo power forward, I guess, former Lobo power forward, Josiah Allen on his decision to transfer out of the Lobo basketball program. 
the news this week, I, I think some Lobo fans, um, obviously, to transfer portal world, right? We we that's how you got here. That's how Morris got here. That's how two other starters got to UNM. But I, I do think that there were a lot of fans surprised by your decision. And let's just start right off the bat, man. What what went into your decision? Why did uh Why did you decide to get into the transfer portal this week? Um, I mean, one of the biggest things was, um, you know, I just, I just kind of wanted to go, um, find somewhere where I would be, um, utilizing, um, a little bit more of a, of a consistent, bigger role, um, be able to do more, um, within that role as well, you know, and, um, you know, I had, uh, some, you know, like just misconceptions about um, how it was going to be uh, this year. And so, uh, yeah, I just, for my last year, I, I just wanted to be somewhere where I knew for sure, like, what it, uh, and, and it is, how it was going to be. Well, I was going to say, it's worth pointing out, too, that in this in this world where of college basketball, where there is, for the first time in a long time, some player freedom to move around, you guys do get these choices. You, you, you get to... You know, you, you got one year of college basketball left, and if there's something you want to show you can do, you, you got one more chance to do it. And if it wasn't going to happen yeah. at the place you're at, you got to you got to take that risk. And it is a little bit of a risk, but you knew that coming here too. So, what uh, what exactly, or how much are you wanting to say about kind of what you wish you got to do a little more of, or what you hope to do at your next stop? Um, I mean, just be be more involved in a, in a bigger role than, uh, you know, kind of what, what I did this year, you know. Uh, you know, I, I know that uh, I can be a, a bigger piece or a bit bigger focal point of the offense um, than how I was here. And uh, I just, I, you know, I mean, there's certain, it's kind of hard to, you know, say, because I'm not trying to say, anything wrong bad about right no, I, I got you and I don't want to put you in that position either I I'm hoping you know hoping you say what you're comfortable saying but I don't expect you to say anything that's gonna you know put you in a bad spot or anything like that and I I get that's kind of what sometimes sometimes that's what breakups are right um yeah. uh, just it, and I'm curious though are you leaving UNM in your mind with the with the good taste in your mouth or, or a bad taste What's what's your opinion of sort of from your side of things? What's your opinion of leaving the, the Lobo basketball program? Are you are you in a good place or anything else yeah, you want to I say mean, about uh, that? Kind of like what you said about it, you know, being a breakup. You know, this wasn't a a messy breakup by any means. Um, you know, I had kind of voiced my um, concerns and um, just frustrations with certain things, like throughout the season with the coaches and. Um, I mean, I had been pretty vocal. Like, I didn't, I didn't just walk in there and tell them, like, hey, I'm leaving. Um, and then, you know, just, like, kind of drop a bomb on them like that, you know? Right. Uh, and so they, they've, they've been very understanding of, you know, kind of what my frustrations are and, like, where they're coming from. Um, and obviously, you know, they, they, they wanted me to come back still and, um, they, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'll try to recruit me to stay in a way, but, 
know, it was kind of one of those things where I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like it, um, it moved the needle in the right direction over the course of the season um, for me to feel confident it would um, be different next year. And so, um, but I mean, once again, like, you know, I never, I still showed up. Like I never, I did my, I mean, I came in, I, I did my job every day. I mean, I, I had a feeling the direction that it was going, um, you know, even before the season was over, but, you know, obviously at the end of the day, like, I'm still trying to win every game, even even if it's not the way that I would like to do it. You know, I still make sure that I gave them um, all the effort and energy I could while um, on the court because, you know, I still, even if I wasn't going to be here next year, you know, I still had a responsibility to, um, you know, fulfill my side of, you know, my, my scholarship uh, in coming here. And so, I mean, it, it probably would have been different if, you know, maybe – once I kind of started to see where it was heading, you know, I started just, you know, being a, a bad teammate or, uh, you know, being being selfish or something. But they um, know that, I mean, I, I kept a good attitude about it the, the whole way. And so uh, they, they were they were understanding. Of it. Well, let me ask you this. You, you for, first of all, before I forget, um, are you going to be going out as a grad transfer? Or are you going to be graduating again or how? Like what? What, yeah. what term is it going to be? I mean, it can't be a first time transfer. Uh, so, are you graduating? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, I, I had some stuff get messed up this uh, in my time coming here, like with my credits and whatnot. So, I wasn't able to finish my um, computer science degree this year, and so I had to declare liberal arts because I had to I had to major in something. Yeah. Uh, and there was like issues with uh, declaring computer science right away. Sure. Uh, and so I got my degree, I'm getting my degree this year in liberal arts, but, uh, luckily the, uh, what's it called? Like the, the requirements for a liberal arts degree aren't super, um, you, you had a bunch of them probably already from where you were at. Yeah. And so I was able to take some computer science classes this year, even under a, a liberal arts, uh, major. And so I was able to work towards my computer science degree, which is, um, the degree I'll get, uh, wherever I go next year. So let's talk about next year. What are you? How close are you to, you know, again, sort of we're, we're in an era now where, where the big thing is people come out with lists. Some people already have their mind made up. There was a, a guy here a couple years ago that transferred who the, the morning after he was in the portal, he announced he was transferring to Arkansas. Um, really? I'm curious. Yeah. So <laughs> didn't didn't exactly hide it very much that he probably already knew where he was going. So um, I, I'm curious how close you are, if you kind of have a handful of schools in mind, if you, if you do have a destination in mind, or are you pretty open here? Like, where, where, where do you stand in, in terms of the, the scope of what this recruiting process is, is going to be in terms of the number of schools that you might be open to? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm def- I definitely don't have, uh, like, a handful or um, any hot spots at the moment. Um, okay. I'm really just – I mean, I, I entered in a few days ago – or. I guess it would have been like two or three times what you call a day. Yeah, but, Thursday, I guess. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, right now I've just been, you know, kind of in that courting process. You see who's interested in me and just talking to them and seeing what their situation is like. Um, and then just kind of thinking about it and either letting them know if I'm trying to um, maintain, you know, contact and development with uh, our relationship or if uh, I'm going to go in a different direction. But, you know, I don't. It's definitely not a, uh, 
anywhere near a, a finalizing process yet. Sure. I'm still just uh, just hearing people out at the moment. I, I will ask, I mean, you, I'll just leave it open to you to tell me how much you want to tell me about this part of it, but we're also in a new era where fans don't quite understand the NIL part of all this. Um, is this in any way related to NIL? No. Um, okay. Honestly, it's it's really the the opposite. I mean, it's I don't think I'm going to have a, a better opportunity uh, anywhere else that uh, is going to be interested in me. And I, I knew that going into that, but um, I, it's it's kind of like you said, you know, I have, I mean, I got, I got one year left to make it right. Yeah. And so as much as I did definitely want to um, kind of cash in on that a bit, you know, obviously you definitely want to make more money than less, uh, especially, you know, in college where you really don't have any kind of contract, you know, Right. Um, but it, it was it was something that I really had to put aside because I couldn't let myself. Uh, I just I wanted to make sure that wherever I'm at next year is going to put me in the best position for um, my pro career, not just to where I can. You know, obviously that's where the real paychecks come in. Sure. Um, whether that's here in the states or overseas, like you know that no matter if that's a big contract or a small contract overseas, like over the course of ten years, it'll be more than this next year, and so. Um, and that that was my my main concern. And I'm really trying to keep um, NIL out of this. And obviously, you know, that's going to be a part in it, but I'm not letting it be a uh, a deciding factor. But well, I, I don't think too, that, I was, I was going to say I don't think too many people kind of when when there's a transfer that happens now, everyone just throws out that idea like they kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Or it must be an NIL deal. Um, it, it sounds like, I mean, you, you don't know where you're going yet, so ultimately we don't really no. know what the next NIL situation will be. But it sounds like you're, you're leaving something um, that you, you are okay with. You've, you've come to grips with that you might be leaving more than you will be getting, and that's, that's uh, okay with you because the ultimate decision is about the long-term future. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it most, most definitely will. Um, okay, so you. I mean, they have they have a great situation here, and um, I mean, that's why I'm confident they're not going to have a hard time replacing me. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it, it is. Everybody kind of thinks, oh, somebody commits somewhere, it's it's an AL, or if they're leaving, there must have been something wrong with the money, or like they didn't get paid, or something like that. Um, and that that's not the case at all in my situation. It's that everything was completely fulfilled to you know what it was supposed to be, and. Um, I mean, I just, like I said, it, it's, it's purely just, um, an on the court thing is that everything off the court was great. You know, I was never mistreated by coach, Patino or any of the assistants or anyone else on the staff. Like obviously it was unbelievable fan base, you know, something I don't think a lot of people, or at least I don't know if everybody really understands level. You know, I appreciated it to, you know, it's fullest and that's, you know, why I try to do everything I could in terms of. Um, just fan engagement and making sure everyone knew that, you know, I appreciated their support. Uh, but this one, it, it really is just, you know, I'm, I gotta, I gotta try to find a better basketball fit before um, I have to sign a contract somewhere. You, so, you gotta go find out for yourself as much as anything. It sounds like, like you, yeah. you, you just, it's just about a fit. And, and sometimes people don't want to accept it as being that simple. They, they want it to be something easier that they can understand there's more money or there was a big fight or something. Um, no. it, it sounds like you're, you're making a basketball decision and that's what, 
That's what this is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, every, everything off the court was, was perfectly fine. You know, dudes, no, I mean, no one, like, fighting in the locker room or no, like, you know, mistreatment or, you know, abused by Patino by, in any degree, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it really is. And it, it's probably hard for people to um, really consider that or, like, take it legitimately just considering, you know, the current climate of it all, you know. Yeah. I mean, there definitely are people that, you know, when they're looking for a spot or they're trying to leave a spot, it really is just, okay, where can I go make the most money? Sure. Uh, and, I mean, it's fair. You know, people have different, um, you know, obligations. You know, some, I mean, luckily I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm in a position where I'm not having to, you know, support a family or I'm not having to um, take care of people back home. Um, and, you know, some people don't get that luxury. They have people they need to take care of, it, so they have to go somewhere where, they can make the most money and I mean it's completely respectable you know at the end of the day you know it's, it's your life it's your choice and you got to make the sacrifices you got to make and uh, for me I'm in a position where I can just try to find what I feel is the best basketball fit without having to really worry about that and can more or less just um, take it as you know whatever if there is any kind of NIL situation wherever I go it'll just be you know, a bonus. It won't be like a, like a, you know, it won't be like the, the determining factor. It'll just be like a, a nice additional part of, you yeah. know, wherever I go. Well, let me ask you this. You, you did become a fan favorite. Um, in, in Lobo land, like, everybody loves all the Lobos. There's, there's a fan of every player on the roster, probably even mm-hmm. some of the guys that were walk ons that hardly ever played. Like, there's some fans in the stands that, like, pick that Lobo as their favorite. But, but you certainly kind of elevated to a, a pretty high level in only one year here. And part of that was, was staying after and signing autographs. And I know you were there quite a, like, you'd go up to the locker room sometimes and tell fans, I'll be back, I'll be back. Um, for, for some fans that probably just got up and left didn't know that. Like, you, you, did, you did a lot of that stuff, the embracing of the community, the embracing of the uh, bigger picture of the program. And I'm curious how, how hard that stuff is going to be to leave. Not just the basketball stuff, but the fact that you are leaving kind of a program that has a pretty unique fan base and, and a pretty passionate fan base. Oh, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say that wherever I go, the fans are not going to be as good because obviously you know, I'm not going to. Well, you don't know yet, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think it'll be very hard to find a fan base somewhere to New Mexico. Um, especially for, you know, this level, like in, in the Mountain West, like not being some, you know, major blue blood or, yeah. or some, you know, big power five. Like, I think this is, it really is like legitimately one of the best fan bases, like in the country. Um, just like the consistency, the, I mean, just, just the way that they showed up, even, even this year, I mean, even from what I heard last year, you know, like with COVID and obviously not having a, uh, a very successful season still like the numbers they got last year i was like wow like you know that's a lot than a lot of i mean some well some power fives get and um you know and they, and they really do genuinely care like even after the news broke um you know every every direct message or thing i found you know i tried to stay off um twitter or whatever but i mean even just like instagram and stuff you know people just being really supportive, like, hey, you know, I really appreciated everything you did this year. Uh, wish you the best of luck or sorry to see you go. You know, it's it's not one of those things where, oh, like, now you're leaving us, so, you know, they're against us or something like that. And, 
you know, it, it's been amazing. I recognized it for for what it was, and that's why I tried to to do as much as I could. You know, um, I mean, it, it's a it's an unbelievable type of support, and um, and the fact that you know somebody would just want to want to meet me or take a picture with me or you know just have me sign something. You know, it's something that you know as a kid you don't think is really even possible until you know you're like in the nba or you're like a superstar you know like you're lebron james or you know steph curry and so so you weren't doing you weren't doing a whole lot of autograph uh post-game autograph sessions after umkc games huh <laughs> well i mean if there was anybody that wanted one they more than they most definitely got one it wasn't uh, taking 20 minutes though <laughs> no no those those ones were usually uh, about 30 seconds but um <laughs> I mean, I still, you know, even there, you know, I appreciate every single person that, yeah, you know, would just come up to me or support me. And um, I just, you know, I recognize that, you know, for a lot of people, you know, this is, I mean, the, the, the Lobos are, you know, what they have. Like, that's that's their representation. And so, um, you know, they, they pour their all into that. And so, you know, I tried to pour my all back into them. And, you know, I mean, some people, you know, they go into a game, I mean, traveling to a game, watching the game, going back home after a game, you know, it could be six, seven hour endeavor, sometimes more for some people, you know, and some people, you know, travel five hours a game just to get there. And, um, you know, obviously then, you know, you got paying for parking, paying for tickets, all the, you know, paying for the merchandise. And I'm like, you're telling me I can, I can make this person's day just by, by spending 20 seconds to take a picture with them or just sign something for them. I'm like, it, I mean, it, it was, a, it was a no brainer for me. And, um, especially, you know, just, I mean, they support me like I'm gonna. That's that's my way of supporting them. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna play as hard as I can while I'm wearing their jersey, and um, I'm gonna spend whatever time is necessary to to make them know that they are appreciated and uh, I recognize everything they do to support this program. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna ask you two last things. I'll let you get going, man. But but I mentioned to you after a game this year. I've talked to you after like things like four losses in a row. You were the guy that got sent out to the. To, to go do the interview with me. And and first of all, I'm going to tell you, like, I totally appreciated how you handled that every single time. Like, from my standpoint, you made my job easier, and I appreciate that. But it, it also, <laughs> it was weird, man. Like, you guys had such a good start, and, and we did talk to you some. But, like, then after every loss, like, you, you showed up, man, and, and you spoke about what it ever, you know, what just happened. So you became, like, the face and the, uh, and the voice sometimes of uh, – of the frustrating losses. And, and I'm curious if, if uh, those losses in any way kind of took away from that start you guys had and just sort of, I'm curious how, how bad those losses the second half of the season took away from what special, you know, that 14 and 0 start and the special start you guys had, did it take away from it at all? Or is it something that that 14 and 0 start you can still appreciate? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, first just talking about the, um, the post game interviews, you know what I mean? <laughs> It's just, I mean, I don't, obviously, you know, it's frustrating to kind of immediately go back, you know, through the game. I get um, it, man. Yeah. After, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, regardless of NIL or not, like, you know, I mean, we're pro athletes. Like, we get, we get our school paid for in the form of a, of a scholarship, you know, and depending, I mean, then you got all the other stuff, you know, the gear, all the travel, all the, you know, the expenses definitely go, I mean, most likely into like the, the six figures if you add it up over the course of the year easily. And, you know, it's like, well, part of being a pro athlete is 
you know, you have to talk to the media. And so, I mean, yeah, there's like some excuse of, you know, yeah, we're, you know, some of us are teenagers or young adults or whatever it may be, or we're still college students. But it's like, well, that's, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it, because a lot of people don't get the luxury of going to college. A lot of people don't get that luxury of, you know, getting to play their favorite sport for free, um, regardless of level. And so, you know, there's people out there working to have to act professional. And so that idea that we get to, you know, somehow get an emotional crutch just because, you know, we lost a basketball game is kind of ridiculous, you know, and, uh, it's just kind of handling that like with the maturity and um, knowing like, you know, you still have a job to do just because I'm upset that, you know, we lost the game doesn't mean that, you know, I get to basically like screw you out of like doing your job and, you know, having some material to write about. And, yeah. You know, you really, you do do a great job covering us. You know, I didn't really realize it. I just kind of, when I first got here, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, we're kind of a big school. Like we get our own like, you know, personal writer or something. But uh, then, you know, I kind of, whenever I'd want to look up like some of these other schools or something, you know, I'd look on Twitter and try to find like their person. And really no one else really has a, a personal writer like we do. Um, and so for one, you know, I really appreciate you for that, but yeah, you know, I mean, just in terms of, you know, the losses and stuff, um, it, it's something that I, I played around with a lot in my head, just, you know, doing little thought experiments of, you know, so obviously, you know, we started 14 and 0, um, got ranked and then lost to, you know, Fresno and UNLV. Um, and then people are like, oh man, the frauds, yada, yada. And it's like, as much as, you know, you don't play into the media, it is, it is something like where over the course of the season, you know, we, we definitely had some highs and some lows, but it's like, if we would have finished with the same record, you know, the same kind of like quad one, two, three, and four records, but you just spaced out the losses over the course of the season instead of starting 14-0. Yep. It's like, would that make it a better season? Like, and so, you know, I have no problem having high expectations. Like, I mean, I think, I think you rise to the level of your expectations. But there's some, there's some people that say, like, you know, oh, they're frauds. Oh, you know, I knew they weren't that good or whatever it may be. But it's like, okay, like, maybe we're not. But are you just saying that in terms of, the expectations that you grew from us starting out hot, or is that from what you expected after last year's team? And, and I, I think, so, too, to, well, I was going to say to that point, like you guys raising the expectations because of your performance, then being punished by your guys' ability to raise those expectations <laughs> is, is sort of a weird kind of uh, way that sports works. And, and it happens in, within games, even like a team gets yeah. a, ahead of somebody by 15. And if, if the other team comes back, well, at the end of 40 minutes, if it's like a one-point game still, the team that was up 15 always gets called a choke artist or, or they blew it. Well, they also accomplish something by getting up 15. And and it's kind of what you guys did a little this season. Like, at yeah. the end of the season, your record was what it was. And you're right, you spaced those losses out, and it's a different way we look at things. But it was still the same record and still the same really improved season over last year and over the last decade. Yeah. You know, and um, it, it's, it's like I said, you know, like I have no problem with expectations, but, uh, you know, that that's from within. Like I think every coach and every, you know, locker room and the players and individuals should have high expectations for their season. You know, like you never know when, you know, what team might, what a team might be able to accomplish. You know, like first it's like, you know, Kansas State, like, <laughs> you know, pick the finish bottom of the Big 12, yada, yada, you know, not on anyone's radar by any means for anything. 
and you know they accomplished this great feat. You know, they just made it to the Elite Eight. They lost to FAU, but uh, it's like what an incredible turnaround. And it's uh, or even you know FDU like Fairleigh <laughs> Dickinson. I mean, literally, you know, first year coach, like smallest team in Division One, didn't even win their conference title, and then beat Purdue in the in the first round. And it's like you can't ever lower your expectations just because other people think you're not going to be great. Like you always have to hold yourself to a certain level. But it's just for me, it was always funny the the kind of backlash you hear about about how somehow because people got excited and then we obviously lost some games we definitely shouldn't have. Like it's no excuse for losing the games. Right. But it's just funny how you know the kind of narrative changes. Sure. Um, just because, you know, like you said, like, you know, we, co- we accomplished a, a great thing, you know, winning that many games in a row, being the last undefeated team, um, you know, beating really good teams, you know, like obviously San Diego State at San Diego State or Boise State at home or, you know, almost sweeping San Diego State, really. Yeah. I mean, they had to beat us on a buzzer beater. Now that team's still playing. And it's like that doesn't get diminished just because, you know, we didn't lose early enough in the season you know if we would have lost all a bunch of non-conference games and then finished the season out you know 14 and 0 no everyone would be like oh man you know like the good thing they got it back but now it's like oh no they fucking suck they smoked it yeah, yeah. and it was, it was <laughs> and, the same season overall yeah and, i mean that's that's kind of why you know i try to stay off the social but um I mean, it, you you know, you regardless if you're if you're on there or not, like you're gonna hear about stuff. And, sure. Um, it the thing is, is you know, it's always you know the, the Thor thumb, the the, uh, the sword thumb is gonna stick out even if the rest of your body feels good. So, you know, obviously, you know, like ninety nine. I mean, the majority of all the fans have nothing to say but you know positivity and understanding that you know the loss has happened. It's a struggle. It's a long season. Whatever it may be, but you know, it's it's always that idiot that's gonna get the loudest voice, and so. Um, well, let's let me gonna... let me wrap this up without the idiot um, sore thumb. <laughs> let, let me ask you this: best memories of being a Lobo was it was it the SMU game? Was it some of those games where where you performed your best, or, or was it something that wasn't you know a stat sheet's not going to show? Um, you know what what are your favorite memory or memories if you have a couple of them? Like what what are the lasting memories of being a Lobo going to be like for you? Um, some of that stuff I know you won't even realize until you leave. Um, but but as of right now, what what are those one or two memories going to be like that you think you'll you'll always remember from uh, being a Lobo? Um, well, the first one away from home um, would definitely have to be the you know the, the win at San Diego State. Uh, you know that was the first time I'd ever um, actually beat a ranked opponent in my career, and to be able to do that on the road, especially at a place like San Diego State, where they're considered, you know, the basically the monsters of um, yeah. the Mountain West, and obviously, you know, they're a great. I mean, it's a great team. You know, there's, like I said, like they're they're in the Elite Eight right now. Um, you know, and so that that was just a major, you know, just personal um, favorite memory because even though I didn't have any real um, statistical impact in that game, just being able to be a big part of that and. Uh, being able to do something like that on a great team like them. Well, it, it, it's um, hard to say. Something I remember. Yeah, it's kind of hard for, for me to. I mean, I know you said you didn't have a huge statistical impact, but you guarded Matt Bradley a lot of that game. Maybe maybe not yeah. every minute he was on the floor. Maybe maybe you did. I don't remember. But you guarded Matt Bradley, and like, yeah, you 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 impacted that game for for absolutely impacted that game. But the yeah. the other thing is, like, you were just talking a second ago in that previous answer about 
you, you guys have gone 14 and 0, and then the Fresno and UNLV losses, and people started calling you a fraud. Well, that San Diego State loss, not only was it at San Diego State against a ranked team, against the team picked to win the league and all that stuff, but it came right after everybody started saying, see, told you they were a bunch of frauds. So you guys kind of like got to prove some people wrong, plus all the other stuff. Like It, it was sort of a perfect storm of probably what this program needed. Every bit as much as it needed that 14-0 start, it needed that San Diego State win too. Yeah. Yeah, and so it it was really something great because you know then uh, I mean obviously we beat the ORU before that and then um, and then I'm pretty sure we had Boise at home. Yeah, I think it might be right. Yeah, I think yeah. And then we had Boise at home. I actually won that one in um, the overtime thriller, and then um, yeah, and then you know obviously bounced around a bit after that. But um, so I'm looking at it now. You had, you had San Jose State in between. You had, oh, a 20, okay. you had a 20 point Tuesday night San Jose State win, which was crazy to me, by the way. They had a great season, and both times you guys yeah. played them were just, again, basketball's a weird game sometimes, but you guys just totally yeah. destroyed them both times <laughs> you played them, and they had a great year. So, anyway. I think um, but, I mean, the, the other one would, would probably just be, um, you know, really, I mean, just, it, it's not really a single memory, but, you know, just, just every time, you know, you really you really step on the floor at the pit and, you know, you have one of those, you know, those classic crowds, even if it wasn't one of the sold out ones, even, you know, when it's just at like 60% capacity with like 9,000, you know, like in any, any kind of big play and it's just that uproar from the crowd. And, you know, it's, it's so loud in there that, you know, you're trying to talk to, <laughs> you're trying to talk to your man next to you just about like what we're doing on defense or the next play. And like, he can't even hear you or turn around. And so, uh, I mean that that that's a, just a level of energy and and crowd I've I've never experienced in my three years of college basketball and so getting able to have that on a consistent night is I mean it, it's it's definitely unforgettable and that, uh, I think it'll be very hard to replicate no matter where I, go. I was going to say that Boise State overtime win that that wasn't one of Man. the sellouts. It was. It wasn't even the sold out game. It, it, I mean, it was close. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it wasn't actually one of the two sellouts the Lobos had this year. And and I don't remember it being louder than that. I, there there might have been some games about eight, nine, ten years ago that I covered that were at that level. But but you were a part of bringing bringing at least bringing it back to the level it was, if not as loud as I can told. Like I said, like I don't remember it being louder than that Boise State game. No, I mean it. It, it really is a. It's a phenomenal experience, and it is that. That's another thing, you know. You dream about as as a kid, especially you know, growing up. You know, whenever you're just like playing outside, you know, you're counting down. You know, three, two, one. You know, you're shooting shooting the game winner. And you give yourself another extra reset on the clock, and then you know, you finally hit it, and you know, you act like you know the crowd's screaming behind you, and uh, you know they're chanting your name or whatever it may be, and you know, you're obviously just living that in your head, but. To actually have it like really happening is, I mean, it's 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 truly remarkable. And so, well, man, yeah. I, I appreciate not only the, the whole season, and, and I already said all that, but like just even you having this conversation with me. I mean, we already talked what thirty minutes here. I think it's been so. Like the fact that you even wanted to do kind of a <laughs> in a weird way, I guess, an exit interview with the with the fans who may want to listen to this or whatever you want to call this. But like, um, not not a whole lot of players even do this interview. Um, they they might shoot a text or or just send a you know a social media post or something like that but I, I think a lot of people not that everyone's going to hear this but some people are going to listen to this and and hopefully have a good understanding of your decision and and just your appreciation of, of your time here which is 
which is not what fans always get when a player leaves. So genuinely, man, like I appreciate the whole season and I appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of, it's kind of like I said earlier, like, you know, I, it's, you know, just because, you know, things might not have happened the way I wanted, whether it's with a game or, you know, obviously like leaving this season, you know, I, I got no problem helping, helping you out with, you know, some, some extra little material. Cause you know, you, you do do a great job and, um, you know, I appreciate you, you know, putting all this stuff out there about us and, um, really being like someone to, kind of be like that little that little meeting Cause I, know, yeah. I know some of the fans don't always uh appreciate your insider um <laughs> takes on stuff but uh, i have fun with I, them i too, always though. think you <laughs> yeah i always think you're, you're pretty uh pretty close if not spot on and do stuff and so yeah appreciate uh, you man I, you're gonna have a whole lot of people yeah. following you next year from albuquerque wherever you end up but uh yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be following you too man yeah i appreciate you man thank you Josiah, thanks man i appreciate you doing this we'll talk to you later man Yes, sir. All right. Well, there you go. There's my conversation with Josiah Alec, the now former UNM Lobo power forward, who I think was pretty open and uh, certainly didn't have to be. Um, One of the rare instances where a transferring player leaving a program decides to go ahead and and have a sit down, a lengthy one at that. I thought a pretty open one, too, with uh, the local media, with the local reporter. So I'm glad he did that. I appreciate him for doing that. And I do think it sheds light for a lot of people that maybe just assume they know what's going on when they see a player transfer. They they jump to certain conclusions about maybe chemistry issues with teammates, maybe chemistry issues with the coach, maybe NIL money is sitting there waiting for him somewhere that he was leaving. Um, He addresses all that. He he says basically the reason to leave the UNM Lobo basketball program is he thinks he could play a different role than he envisions he will play here next year. So He's got one year left of college basketball before he locks into a professional contract somewhere, and he wants to see if he can do it. Uh, Part of this is to prove to himself, but he believes he can do things that maybe he wouldn't get a chance to do here in the Lobo offense next year. And I think a lot of that has to do with ball in his hands a little more, um, just the the offense going through him and maybe generating, starting with him a little bit more than he's he's really going to get a chance to do with with some ball-dominant guards and and Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Jalen House. Those are... Those are pretty obvious um, problems. There's only one ball in the court at a time. They're they're not all going to be able to start the offense with the ball in their hand. So Josiah's moving on. He he is going to give it a try somewhere else. And I do appreciate him for for shedding some light on his decision making process. Uh, if you like this podcast, if you if you want to hear some more of them, just keep letting me know. Keep letting my bosses know. The feedback is always welcome. Rate, subscribe, however you're listening to it here. If it happens to be on one of the places that you can rate or can subscribe, please do so. Hit that like button, hit that review button, hit the five stars, whatever it is, however you're listening, it might just be on the journal website. And I appreciate you for listening there if that's where you're listening. But um, however you're listening, if there's a way to rate or subscribe um, to this podcast, please do so. It'll help us out a lot. And I hope to have a few more of these. This is final four week coming up and I will be in Houston. I will be able to to hopefully get some podcasts out there, maybe short and sweet ones and and just keep posting them as I get them. Uh, Maybe some long ones. We'll see. So appreciate you for listening. Again, this was episode 61 of the Talking Grammar podcast. This is Jeff Grammar with the Albuquerque Journal. Until next time, thanks for listening.